0: We're looking back at this past season of Supergirl. Okay. Um, so welcome. Figure we should start as usual with introductions up here of our panelists. So if you want to start on the end down
1: here? Sure. Hey everybody. Um, my name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm one of the co-hosts of a podcast called Supergirl Radio, where we talk about the CW TV series as well as um, comic Supergirl comics, animated stuff, uh, movies, what whatever Supergirl is in, we try to cover it. Um, so you can find us at SupergirlRadio.com. Hi, gang. I'm uh,
2: Donna Cromines, otherwise known as DJ Ryder. I write for Spoiler TV. I've done reviews of uh, Supergirl and uh, done a few editorials and uh, Performer of the Month articles for the uh, characters or actresses on the show, actors or actresses on the show that have won that award. Uh, I've also been fortunate enough, I was asked by McFarlane Press to contribute to an academic book that they are publishing on Supergirl coming out hopefully in October,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: my chapter is entitled Sisterhood of Steel, so I'm, I'm just going to let you all guess what I wrote about. <laughs>
4: uh, my name is and Ray, I'm the host of Aero Squad for Golden Spiral Media Network, I've also written about most of the CWDC shows for a few online publications Star magazine, and so on, and I talk a lot about these shows, shows. online on Twitter. <laughs>
5: Hi, my name is Eternal Xan and I'm a long-time DragonCon attendee, and um, this year I got to be, again, a guest on the podcast 50 Days of DragonCon, which is always a highlight of my year, and uh, I was in the parade the other day with the Cult of Marriott Carpet, and Eternal <laughs> members were kind of like sister groups that marched side by side, and once again, the parade was awesome.
0: And uh, I'm John Paul Estes. Um, I'm proud that this is like the third or fourth year in a row. I'm the only guy up here on the Supergirl panel, so I feel very proud of that. My only real deep cred at this point in life is I'm something of a super family fan. Um, first thing I remember reading, probably at age three or four years old, was Superboy and the Legion, so um, the Superman family will always be my, my favorite. So whether it's Supergirl, Superman, Krypton, rest in peace, uh, whichever show it is, I'll be there um so thank you welcome uh the supergirl panel for 2019 um been a great year i think so i guess a great way to start off is what do we think of this most current season um like most cw shows that go up and down so what do we think
1: uh well it went up and down yeah for sure in season four uh the first half was in my opinion was very um uh, not it was uh, it was almost amateurish in the way it was written. The first couple of e- episodes, I remember they had almost like a word of the day in the episode. They said the word fear a lot. And the next episode, they su- said the word anger a lot. So it felt like a little Sesame Street ish the way it was written. Um, but I think it was like episode 15, 16 Oh, brother, where art thou? Um, when they started the Lex Luthor. Arc. It just became a completely different show. They were having Lex quote Epicurus, and I was like, "Where has this show been the whole time?" We went from Sesame Street to philosophy. Um, so I was very excited when it took that Lex, uh, Lex Luther turn. Um, but yeah, it did sort of ebb and flow for me personally. I'm going to
2: respectfully disagree a little bit with Rebecca, but we always do. We we've, we've known each other a while, and totally we, we we have these discussions on Twitter and all this. Um as a whole, and but I will agree that it had its up and down moments. I will agree with that. But think I think on as a whole it was perhaps the show's strongest season. I think it probably far outclassed, in my opinion, the other seasons of the other shows that were on. Um and I think they did not suffer like the other shows did from the fourth year slump. I think the show really Took off for the second half of the season with suspicious minds, and built from there on.
4: Yeah, I think the the strengths of this season were very strong. Mm-hmm. So their 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 highs were high, and I would say their highs <laughs> were all revolving around the Luther family.
3: 100%. And I would
4: like to see some of this this. Um, plot branding that they've created for the Luthers, I'd like to see that kind of elevated as well for the Supers, and the sisterhood, so not just the literal Supers, but everybody who is a family to Kara. And while I'm... By the end of the season, I was quite nervous that they might be taking a different direction with what I was hoping was going to be the the clash and conflict between the the Supers and the Luthers, between Kara and Lena, and it, it, it may be going a, a way where I'm going to be, you know, devastated. Mm-hmm. I still was most invested in that piece. So that was the high for me.
0: Um, I would say probably the Lex Luthor stuff was probably the best parts of the season. You're right. It, 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 there was some ups and downs. Um, it's had some struggles. I think this is the season where even though last year is probably when they decided to embrace um, – more of the social awareness um, the different issues this season is the first one they started it from the very beginning saying that is who we are last season I don't know that they started from that moment but this season absolutely from the beginning they said that's who we are and that's what we're going to do um, and I was looking at my favorite episodes and everything else and, but yeah when I was going through those it was hard to pick from the Lex Luthor episodes which one. so even though Supergirl in, the, in general is great Tom Cryer just and stole the show to somebody
5: from me. Oh yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. He's killing yeah.
0: it is Lex Luthor. I, mean, I think you're probably people. <laughs> I've seen this happen a lot. Like, I could name actor,
5: actor, after, actor, after, actor, after, actor. Okay, I'm not going to try to say that again. I could name many actors where they were first known for their comedic roles and then they got a dramatic role and the audience is like what you know this this actor can't do drama they should just stick to comedy and then they just killed it in drama um so you know like i think that Nicolas Cage is an example and, Robin Williams. and oh yeah and Robin Williams like so i think strong comedians make fantastic dramatic actors and they a lot of them do and a lot of them don't get the chance so I love John Cryer in this role. And also, Miss Tessmacher. Like, I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting because I feel like, for anyone that's seen, like, the original Christopher Reeves movies, there were scenes with her, you know, in the background with her big glasses and her pretty dress and her high voice reading books about nuclear physics. And it was just, like, a second on screen, and then she puts it down and is like, yeah, you know, yes, Mr. Luther. And I feel like she... I, would lo- I don't know if this is going to happen, but I would love to see her turn it on her head and that I would love to see her become the super villain and take Lex Luthor down. I would love to see that. because She's she's clearly been vastly underestimated and I just keep waiting for her to rise and just dominate the
0: galaxy. She, she's definitely playing into that stereotype. I mean, that the typical guy will look at it and see the, the beautiful blonde and assume there's nothing happening upstairs. She's embracing that and they're underestimating her I think she's right. waiting
5: for her moment. Um, she's
0: she's one of the most intelligent and probably one of the most evil characters on the show, which is great. And just the number of times that you can hear somebody yell, you know, Miss <laughs> it, you just can't get. I just get chills when I hear it on the show.
1: What I'm interested with, Lee, uh, with, with Eve next season is that at the, at the end of the season, in the finale, it seems like Leviathan was scaring her. Oh, yeah. So I'm curious to see what her connection to Leviathan is, however they want to go about it. Um, because if she, this person who, I guess, shot James in the back and betrayed Lena Luther and did all that stuff, if she's terrified of Leviathan, that makes me much more intrigued uh, with what's coming in season five.
2: And I I just love the way that the show did not tip their hand on that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, her being the Miss Tessmacher instead of a Miss Tessmacher, um, was brilliant. And and Andrea Brooks has done just a phenomenal job with it and she has just taken it taken it and run with it.
4: Mm-hmm. The women surrounding Lex, I
2: think
4: I, I know there's some high praise for him and I think he did great but the woman surrounding him by far stole the show so Lena of course is the true for me the heart of the Luther family on the show she is the intrigue. she is what carries that line
1: and then
3: Mercy. Steph- yeah. So yes. No,
1: they killed Mercy off in four episodes before Lex even showed up. <laughs> and I'm going to forever, ever be bitter about it because she was great. Yeah. Yes. They,
4: there's potential still yet to kind of be explored within them, but the women who are surrounding evil, whether they are themselves, are tangential to it, have it in them, whatever, on the show, it's. it's really well done there's a lot of potential yet to be explored and a few missteps along the way if i'm honest but they are still that driving force that does set lex up in this situation for success as a character but they still hold the spotlight for me
2: and i still think that um to your point about the supers and the luthers Mm -hmm. you've even got the dynamic you've got got uh, adversarial relationships you've got you know, now you've got Lena and Supergirl or Lena and Kara, but even back in season three, you've got Lillian and Alex who butted heads. And I wanted to, see, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. So you've got the Super family and you've got the Luther family. Mm-hmm. So that's a very good dynamic.
5: Yeah, I'm starting to see parallels between the Lena Kara relationship that I saw between, um, you know, that we saw in, in Smallville. Um, you know, between the two leads in that character, between, you know, the soon-to-be Superman in that show and Lex Luthor, that that it starts off as a friendship and then it slowly turns into an adversarial relationship. And and at first I thought, oh, the relationship between Kara and Lena is going to stay completely different than the relationship that the two men have, and more and more I'm starting to see parallels in that evolving into the same direction with how can Lena not feel betrayed? And that would, you know, not feel betrayed by Kara. And I think we saw that in Smallville too, that Lex felt yeah. really betrayed by who he thought was his best friend.
0: Question for is um, just a show of hands. How many of you want them to go down the direction of Superman and Lex? How many of you want them to end up being Arch enemies. Is there anybody? <laughs>
6: it's okay, Richard.
1: You're you a- the only one. the
6: there has got to be yeah.
1: I just want there. Lena to be super petty all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she, I mean, if you if you go, um, so there's there's a, an episode where they show Lex's journals and yeah. what he's written about Superman. If you actually freeze frame the shots, he's actually writing. It's like a Superman burn book and, and um, he also wrote some journals about Lena and how Lena would go horseback riding without him and he was really upset about it and I just kind of want Lena to keep her own little Supergirl burn book that she writes everything she d- doesn't like about Car in so I, th- I mean I, I would go uh, with that if they didn't go full evil but I've always maintained that Katie McGrath is a very, very good actress especially playing a villain uh, so I would like to see more of that
0: I'll say that, just for me I just wanted it to be the exact mirror. I, mean, I know it's, it's more than Sesame Street level, very simple, but you've got the classic arch enemies on one side with the man. Let's have the women say, why can't y'all just get along? Don't y'all understand how it works? I just think it'd be a great mirror image there. Um...
4: I think if they if they do have to go for long-term heavy conflict which and
0: sh- short terms okay right the
4: short term's okay and then they can always kind of come back around whether they're coming back around to being best friends or coming back around to maybe we won't destroy the world in our attempt to destroy each other you know what I mean? even if they don't end up, you know, going on fro dates or something, right? <laughs> uh, if they are going the route of long-term serious conflict, I would like to see it not be completely cut and dry of good and bad.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Because I'm going to want to be sympathetic to Lena anyways, have you seen her? <laughs> and also... <laughs> (laughs) I think it would just create a more interesting story than just we're rooting for Kara and we're rooting against Lena and maybe we could root for Lena to become good but we're not necessarily trying to elevate Kara in some way. For Kara to stay on a journey and stay interesting I need her to be continually at fault and not just at fault for keeping something from Lena but continually having the opportunity to grow and Lena can pull her there and their conflict can be almost...
0: You know, you're not just taking one side or the other. But I might take Lena's side anyway. <laughs> so anybody have, like, a um, favorite moment of the season? To just that one? I mean, every season, there seems to be one moment in every show I watch that just defines the entire season for me. Um, was there one moment this season that just stood out as, that's why I watch this show, that's what I love, or that's what I hate, guy what It can be anything.
3: Mm,
2: I. I, that's easy for me because, like I said, I'm I'm all about the sisters. That's why I watch the show. I love the dynamic. I love the chemistry. I love the relationship. So in Red Dawn, when they're in uh, Red Daughter's apartment, and Alex is freaking out that Red Daughter has been watching her sister, and she doesn't know her sister's right there, and she sits down on the bed, and is freaking out and she puts her hand down and Supergirl reaches out and takes her hand and you see that sort of just connection It, it you know she doesn't remember anything then but there's that connection and that immediately took me back to the pilot episode where um, Alex brings Kara the hologram of her mother and she, Kara's about to watch it and Alex starts to step away and Carl and reaches back and takes her hand. And to me, that brought that all full circle. So that was the one, that was the, this is why I watched the show moment for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: I, I feel, it's not particularly a scene, but just, I would say, as a relationship, the, just kind of the through line when Alex doesn't know that Kara is Supergirl anymore, and how much of a strain that puts on the sister relationship for both of them. That there's this whole part of their relationship that doesn't exist for Alex anymore. And that Kara has the memory of it, but Alex doesn't. Like, I just found that, as just a person with sisters, I found that really, really painful to watch. Like, what if your relationship with your sister changed overnight? Like, that would be really emotionally painful. And that's, I think, harder for me to watch than the supervillain stuff. Because the supervillain stuff is, you
3: know,
5: it's fun and it's entertaining, but, like, that's never going to happen in your real life. So, um, so yeah, just the, the breakup of the sister relationship was the hardest part for me to watch this season.
1: Yeah, the mind wipe was hard for me as well, but uh, mostly because it was ten episodes of a mind wipe that didn't do anything. Um, but, uh, I think I'm pretty easily, easy, easily, pleased. Uh, I think my favorite moment, the one that keeps sticking out to me is Supergirl fighting and befriending a dragon. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I come to the show for. I mean, I like all the serious stuff and I love the Danvers sisters, but I mean, Supergirl fought and be- befriended a dragon like he was a little puppy dog and it was the greatest thing. Um, but I also just to, just to be serious, I the well, and I guess it is kind of humorous as well. But the the moment in Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, when uh, the reveal happens that Eve Tessmacher comes in and Lena realizes that her whole relationship with Eve has been a lie and betrayal, and um, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard because yeah. I kind of wanted that to happen, and it did. Well, it was it, it was, was awesome.
2: Yeah, and but they that that moment was just. As iconic as it was in the movie, with John Crier bellowing for Miss
1: my car. Yeah, you have to scream it every time. You <laughs> yeah, you have to scream it. You can't. You can't
2: just say he said it. You have you to can't scream just it. Text her. No. <laughs> but that was just that was that was the moment you're going yes. <laughs> yeah,
4: it, I I will agree with that that moment and any any of the scenes the very very serious standoff scenes between Lena and Lex. Those were defining moments for me because you weren't seeing them fully parallel each other. You see the stark differences between them. You see that they're both extremely cutthroat. You see that they are, to some extent, cut from the same cloth, but their, their approaches to conflict, their approaches to being good or bad or whatever, they vary so much, and that, gave, that added the interest for me for this series, for what they could do long term, because while there are some parallels between what went on with Clark and Lex, and you see that somewhat kind of hinted at or touched at with Kara and Lena, when we see how original of a character Lena is in contrast to Lex, how different she is in this incarnation of her, we can see... The potential for entirely new plot, entirely new conflict or lack of conflict or more nuanced conflict between Kara and Lena, which will be not just a female recreation of Lex and Clark. Not that I'm not that I'm against the parallels between them, I just think that there's an opportunity for more
0: nuance. That's how, even though it might not be a defining moment for the season, as far as the story, because there's so many good moments in there, so many moments... Holding hands on the march, um, the the sister relationship. There's so many moments. There's so much deeper. Usually, I'm more sentimental, and I'll go I'll go for those um, those moments. There, you know, whether they're tearjerkers or awe or anything else. But the one that just made me remember how much I loved reading these comics as a kid, when Lex is inside his suit singing while flying around through the sky, blasting away, doing his, you know, Tony Stark Iron Man impression there. That was just so much fun and that's why I always watch these things and read the comics is for the fun, for the adventure. And I you can't have one hundred percent that. You have to have a mixture of the, the deep moments, the memes. It's it's a responsibility, the characters always talk about this in the comics, to wear this S is as such a huge responsibility. But you had to be reminded of that fun and just Lex flying through the sky, singing away and just enjoying himself <laughs> as he rains down destruction and all. That. I, I know it sounds weird, but that that was the moment where it just yeah, this is a comic book show and I love that. So. Yeah, I feel
5: like a lot of Smallville was Lex didn't want to be Lionel. And I feel like in in Supergirl, a lot of it is Lena doesn't want to be her brother and she doesn't want to be her mom. And it's really important to her own self-image that she is different than them, that she's opposite of them, that over and over again she will make different choices than them. It's almost like she's thinking, okay, what would my brother do? Or what would my mom do? Okay, clearly the right thing to do is the opposite of whatever they would do. (laughs) Um, and and that's really interesting to see her continually have that battle, and you know now she's going to end up feeling betrayed by her best friend.
1: Well, it's not just Kara. Everyone on that show lied to her. Yeah, yeah.
5: Everyone's been lying to her, and how can she not feel betrayed and think it's some big conspiracy
1: when really they were obviously all trying to protect her? But that's not how it's going to feel to her. Yeah, everybody lied except for Kelly. Except for Kelly. Kelly. Kelly never knew.
2: But there's also the point. There is an episode where um, I can't remember the episode, but. They're in the D.E.O. and Alex says to Lena, you know, you didn't know I was, you know, why didn't you say you knew I was D.E.O.? And Lena tells her, it wasn't my secret to tell. Mm. So that could come back, I think, into play a little bit. I'm looking forward. I I don't think Lena's going to go full on evil, but she's going to be incredibly vindictive at the beginning. I think she's going to find a way to strike out at everyone. Do
5: you think she's going to tell them, hey, I know you guys lied to me, or do you think she's going to keep playing along, Played pretending along. that she doesn't...
2: I think know she'll play along. She she's yeah. going to write that burn book. She's, she's okay, raise your hands for she's going
5: to play along and buy her time. Okay, I think the vote is clear on this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Except for the fact it is such the obvious direction that everybody expects. This is like ice cream, though. It's so much better
6: when it's cold.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, nice line. <laughs>
3: Uh,
6: I think she's gonna I think she's going to confront Kara straight up and tell uh I think Kara will uh I think the first season is gonna first episode it will happen, she will let her know I know. Okay,
5: okay. Uh,
6: that's why I think Dissenting I think.
5: opinion. Okay, we'll see. We all in the I
6: think tra- the reason there's a trailer out with footage where you see them having a
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she even calls Supergirl Kara, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. 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 Is that is that yeah. when she punches her? her? Oh. Is, is it VR is uh, a big part next of of season? Early yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's oh, be because of their technology like thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's going yeah. to it, punch. punch it. It. It's uh, it's supposed to be like a VR thing that cuz season 5 is going to be centered around technology, technology and how it affects our lives. So, I
6: think there's a scene, I think it's going to be at the awards ceremony. That, uh, Lena will te- uh, I think Lena tells her, I'm, I mean, I don't know if y'all know, they said Lena's selling Catco, supposedly. Uh-huh. I think she will tell, Car uh, will say, hey, why are you selling Catco? And she goes, well, you didn't tell me who you were, so I'm just, I'm, I'm doing whatever I want to do. Yeah, I, mean, I can say, I
5: see, sometimes when I watch trailers... The way they edit the trailers. Like maybe what yeah, they show in the trailer is a dream sequence sure. or a character exactly. thinking something but not they don't actually do it. Like yeah. so you see them thinking about it, but then they actually do something else. So yeah, I've I've been betrayed by trailers too many times
6: to trust that. <laughs> yeah, but when Lena knocks Supergirl out, I think that's VR <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Here's the thing with Lena is she has always because she didn't know she has always treated Supergirl and Kara very differently. And I think now, even though she knows she's going to continue to treat them differently in the confrontation, I would expect the hurt and perhaps the the ice-cold shoulder and, you know, waiting her time to actually do anything will come with her first interactions with Kara. But I would expect the very next time she actually comes into contact with Supergirl, that is when the direct... Blunt, aggressive, all of that will come into play. And that will be the true confrontation where Kara slash Supergirl finds out. But I would imagine with actual Kara, both because she's hurt and also because Kara is a bit of a weakness for her in a good way. shes a soft spot for her. She's going to wait. She doesn't have a soft spot for Supergirl. And she's still in her mind going to see them as different. Although they
0: could, if they wanted to go a twist to Garrett, Benson. it depends on the skill of the writers on the show if they wanted to go with a real twist, and if Lena's playing mind games the whole season, she could very quickly move into a more adversarial relationship with Kara, the one that she was friends with, but start increasing her friendship with Supergirl.
3: And to, play, again, so to awesome.
0: play with Kara's mind, she, that would really throw her off. Like how she kind had had play the
3: mind
0: games that she <laughs> would have learned from yes. sure. Yeah. So it um, that, that would be interesting to see. And I, again, I don't know, which way the staff will go, which way the staff, the staff group will go, but it's uh, that's part of the fun—is
5: keep your friends you close
0: but your enemies yeah. closer. It but you to want to code. guess, you want to guess all this, and you don't really want to know. You don't want to know what's going to happen. You want to just show us each week a little at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay, you said at the beginning. How controversial do you want to get? So did you have something in mm-hmm. mind? Spicy. Really? Should we
4: get? So, this show, and a lot of the shows that we've been talking about so far this week in DragCon, they have really touched on some really hot-button issues. They've gotten into politics, and they've gotten into social justice, and... It's been fabulous, but anytime you step into that, you also run the risk of misstep. So you run the risk of you meant well,
1: but maybe you did it wrong, or you like mean, totally contradicting yourself in a gun control episode. Sure, yeah. there you go. It's a like,
4: hypothetical example. <laughs>
1: it's the best <laughs> yeah. one.
4: It's That's the best a, not hypothetical. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just kind of curious. You know, obviously we're all fans of the show, and we've all demonstrated a lot of positive opinions. But as they have. You know, with the best intentions, delved into this world of playing with touchy, hot-button topics. Have you felt like there are any big missteps or any particular big wins where they either did this really, really right or maybe they didn't do this very well? Understanding that it still is a fan, and, and we all want the best, right? Um, Bruce Boxleiter,
5: I love him as like the hapless male. Like he's hysterical. He's <laughs> great. You know, because I've seen him. In Babylon 5, and like I've seen him in tons of shows. He's done westerns. He's done sci-fi. I mean, he's done everything. And I, this is not a role I would have expected him to want to play. Um, you know, I'm I just like I'm just imagining like his agent is like, okay, here here's the role, Bruce, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm in for it. I, like that I, I just I just think that's a really interesting choice that the actor wanted to do this role because it's basically it's just all comedy. And I think the last time I saw him do a role that was all com- that was a lot of comedy was probably Scarecrow King which is a- King. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just been a long time since I've seen him do that and he does it so well and I just I just love him in that role. I just think he's fantastic even though it's just a a, a bit part. Um, when I heard like oh you know the br- new president is going to be played by Bruce Boxleitner I just thought he was going to be kind of the standard like it makes me think of like the the ads for car insurance where it's like a respectable businessman like I thought that's what the role was going to be like here's guy in a suit and then it you know he's really flipped it and I that's been really entertaining for me this
2: season but it, the the irony is that he wasn't the original choice
5: right right yeah yeah I heard that too you want to yeah. talk a
3: little
2: bit about that yeah the original choice for for the vice president was Brent Spiner
3: yeah. Oh, really?
2: oh, wow. And he had to drop out for another uh, I think he had to drop out because that, that's about the time they announced uh, Picard and he was going to be involved with that. So he, he had to drop out. Uh for me I think an opportunity that they missed and, and was a misstep was James's PTSD story. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly.
2: They they really they had an opportunity there to do something really good, really important and they started it out right, but then they went the easy way out and gave him you know the superpowers and and to me, that was a cop out. I was disappointed in the writing in that uh you know I, and like i said and, and it 's not Cammy it said it's we all love the show, but we also know it has faults and it has weaknesses and that was that was one another Fault I see is that it seems like each season there's a storyline that they just leave hanging out there in space somewhere. <laughs> you know, uh, season two we don't know what happened to Jeremiah Danvers. You know, he's still out there somewhere. This season they let Red Daughter die without knowing Mikael was safe. Where is he? You know, I expected this this child to show back up somewhere in some capacity.
3: Now, How do like to about when.
2: That was yeah. That's that's another one. I think uh, I, I am thrilled that Jeremy Jordan is coming back for a few episodes. I'm not sure. I I would love to see when he comes back. Him talking about um, and, and I'm going to go back to my theme, but him talking about uh, the history of Supergirl in the future, how it's treated. Um, maybe, um, you know, it, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe come find out that in the future, Alex is just as revered almost as Supergirl because her job or her life was spent protecting Supergirl. Um, you, you don't know. Um, I think, you know, like I said, when they do these emotional stories, they do them well. There was nothing stronger for me in the third season than the story of John Jones and his father. That was an awesome arc for him. And, and, and how can you not love an arc that had David Harewood and Carl Lumley? I mean, that was, you know. Um, I do like John's story arc this season. I'm intrigued to see more where it goes. They kind of stumbled into it, but I'm intrigued to see where it goes. But I, I think, like I said, I think one of the biggest missteps was, um, was the PTSD story. And I wasn't, I mean, as wonderful as Sam Witwer was, as uh, Ben Lockwood and Agent Liberty, I think they kind of dropped the ball by, in the end, making him a pawn of Lex Luthor. Uh,
1: could we talk about the three branches of the United States government? Uh, because the show doesn't understand how that works. Uh, The biggest misstep misstep in terms of the political, topical stuff they were trying to do in Season 4 was that in Season 2, Episode 3, titled Welcome to Earth, the Alien Amnesty Act was referred to as an executive order. Then uh, past seasons, and this most current season, Season 4, they kept referring to it as legislation. Well, that is not how the government works. So executive orders are done by the executive branch which is the president of the united states a uh an executive order cannot be rescinded uh by congress it has to be done by the next president and uh so they just fumbled the uh understanding of the three branches of government because the uh executive order that they originally did in season two can't even it's even unconstitutional there because the president uh can't do anything with uh immigration that's done by Congress. So that really annoyed me is that they they were trying to lecture me about politics and they didn't even understand how the three branches of government work. A
6: simple explanation: well, the legends went back in time with the Wave Rider. And <laughs> and it's,
1: uh, Earth 38s constitution might be you know might be yeah. a little different. Yeah. <laughs> time travel.
0: Yeah too political on it, even though we're talking the country, we're controversial topics here, it's okay. it's
1: but it's I have a feeling this
0: is not the reason they did that, I think they just goofed, I don't, I don't
1: I th- think they guys. just genuinely don't yeah. understand how the government works. I
5: think sometimes
3: <laughs> people who work for the government don't
1: understand <laughs>
0: how the government works. <laughs> but, 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 uh, what <laughs> i yeah. think is going on is right now in the world, yeah. we do have leaders worldwide, not just in this country, worldwide, that don't understand how the rule of law and the way things are supposed to work and they're discovering it, the hard way, and, um... Yeah, go ahead. That, 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 yeah, I mean, I really don't expect don't
5: like I'm I'm expecting expecting to see on Supergirl in the them flipping oh, yeah. the news channel and talking about picking new Supreme Court justices. Like, I right. think, like, for a show like, on The CW, that's going a little far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it, it, I would like it, but then I feel like some other entertainment that has kind of done that, like Star Wars, they get they get criticized for that, you know, like oh, you spent too much time talking about trade policies? Can we please just get back to the lightsaber battle Like <laughs> so, while it's very educational, is a little bit niche, and that like some people would really appreciate it, and other people would criticize it for slowing down the exciting flying through the sky and rescuing planes. I
6: had a I had a number of problems along those lines, and then with my friends reminded Aaron. This is not a show for 30s, 40s, 50-year-olds. The target is late teen girls.
1: Which makes it even worse, because they're not educating people and kids on how the three... I I have a real personal problem about that, yeah. 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 But it's
6: like, I was told, you can't approach this from an adult perspective, saying, oh, God, that's wrong. It's because that's not what they're trying to do. And I agree with you on those points. I mean... The whole thing about the president's alien amnesty. Excuse me. The president turned out to be an alien. If she's an alien, constitutionally, she couldn't be the
1: president. 100%. And the the problem I had with President Marsden is that all of our heroes were in on the secret. They all kept that a secret. And it it really bothered me that Supergirl... Yeah. It was. (laughs) Thank you, Mercy Grace, for making sure that we all knew who was in our Oval oval Office. I will say, to your point,
4: and in terms of, you know, target audience, and and of course, anybody of any age, you know, I'm not in the target, you know, age, range. any of that, anybody of any age can get into this, right?
0: Yeah, definitely not. Aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
4: Anybody of any age can get into it, but we do sort of acknowledge sort of who has primary rights to be targeted. And that kind of helped me because I know earlier on months ago Rebecca and I were talking about some of some of these um, you know whatever issues they were tackling or whatever you know well meaning sort of social thing they were talking about i i 'm there and i 'm cheering and i 'm all for it and i and I know you know we're, i'm on the same side right as whoever's talking about this, but I would still be like a little overt and sort of like heavy-handed, and I know I agree with you, but it is a little overt and heavy-handed, but then I, I have to sort of remind myself, okay, for a target audience of, you know, younger people... Having it be pretty, pretty simple and in your face and spelled out can be helpful. And if I want, you know, more nuanced politics in my shows, then I can go to ones in my age range. You know, I'm sort of a guest here, yeah. right?
6: And to that point, and I'll shut up, that No, you're um, fine. you're fine. <laughs> Is the, the whole resolution? Oh,
3: Carol, Ca-
6: Cara Danvers comes out with an expose. Oh, look, the president was a pawn of Lex Luthor. And next minute, he's been walked out of the Oblox <laughs> and everyone believes it.
1: The yeah. one time Cara Danvers went to work, she saved yeah. the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the one,
2: the one thing I want clarified for me, please, somebody in one season, when did the DEO become a military operation? Oh,
3: yeah. Okay.
2: It's never been that. So when they bring Haley in, and suddenly Haley's demanding that Alex salute her and that Alex is yeah. subject to the military code of justice and that she can be court-martialed, I, every time Haley demanded Alex salute her, I screamed at the TV, she's not in the military. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So somebody, I, I just want them either one way or another, I don't care. But if the DEO is supposed to have been a military operation, then why, for the past three seasons, did Alex never once salute Hank Henshaw? Right.
0: I, mean, yeah. I think to your point, again, I think a lot of it is, and whether the audience is ten years old or fifty years old or anything else, sometimes it helps in this kind of um, storyline to just keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yes, we know it's not supposed to be a yeah. salute. We know we're not going to have C span coverage. Okay? <laughs> it, those things are going to happen, but you keep it very, very simple to get the, the essence. Of the story across. You're wanting to get the, you know, okay, the story comes out, good wins, evil loses, Lex Luthor goes out in handcuffs. The idea was stand up, do what's right, good wins in the end. That that was the theme they're gonna, trying to get across in basically a 42-minute episode, you know, with commercials for Charmin and whatever else. <laughs> uh, you know, we've got all that going on. I will say, to answer your question about the controversial topics, I made a list of all the different storylines this season, and that, when you ask that, I started thinking, well, which one? I realized between immigration, transgender topics, corrupt government, family mm-hmm. topics, mm-hmm. Agent Liberty, the elite, James Olsen stories, multiples, the Lex Luthor story, multiple Lena Luther stories, Mia Dreamer stories, um, the Mind White stories, Red Daughter story, I think the answer is there were too many.
3: I agree. Know.
0: I would I think, agree. I think that was the problem. I don't think any one of them, controversial or not, are a problem. They're going to do some well, they're going to do some not well. You're going to agree with some, not agree with some. I just think they tried to do too many in one season. That, that, that would be what I would think.
4: Especially considering this is in the Arrowverse, right? And long standing history of comics, which I love. You know, touching on current social issues and often taking a very radical or um, in-your-face stance, and, and that's and that's awesome, right? But this is an Arrowverse, and for some reason, Supergirl is taking on all of these topics. Whereas, if you look into the history of, so for example, like the the Green Arrow comics,
0: you would that's very yeah,
3: the they
4: take be, on yeah. they take on very radical social issues and take a very radical stance on all of them, and you really just don't see that touched on quite as often on Arrow. Just using that well, well as an example. And then
0: they turned Arrow into. I mean, this isn't a critique or anything bad. It's just. Arrow became Batman for—I mean, for this universe. But Arrow ba- became yes, Batman. but that's ba- not where you have those social issues. Uh, so it was too late could no longer have.
1: Well, to an, ex- to
0: an
4: extent, but Arrow had uh, just using that as an example. Yes. Arrow has a history of that. Batman has yep. Batman, Batman an extent does too. Supergirl doesn't necessarily have right. the history of that qu- to quite as heavy right. an extent. But it's sort of like here's the one show on the in this universe that is taking on all. And again. Love it! Great, yeah. great topics. Great, see- I'm, I'm here. I'm there. I'm following. But it's like they they put every bit of all of all of these you know topics all on one show, and the rest of them don't necessarily address it quite as much. So it's just kind of yeah. interesting.
1: Well, the showrunners would argue that Superman comics have tackled you know the KKK and things like that. Um, because there's you know a very famous story of Superman going up against the KKK, which I think is has been revamped, or um, they're having a, a new comic about that. Um, but it's interesting about Supergirl comics because in the '70s there were some when Supergirl went to her many uh, colleges and universities. She I think she went to three different colleges depending mm-hmm. on the writer that she was in. Um, but she did tackle you know race issues and things of the day. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't as as much as say Superman would do as a character, right. um, but yeah, they've. It, it felt like to me in season four they did the Red Daughter storyline just so, so they could get that Russian collusion mentioned there at the end. <laughs> so I, I think that's an unfortunate use of, of Red Daughter. But but yeah, so I think Superman and Supergirl have been used in those in those ways.
6: I think that may have to do with the fact that Superman and the comics, and of course Supergirl, have a news tie-in. I mean, they work at a newspaper, you know, news organization. So, well, that's what they do. They report on stuff like this. So I think that's why they brought it into those shows as opposed to the others where, okay, well, why are you dealing with this issue? I mean, it's a, you know, strong issue and we should take a stand. But, I mean, these people, that's their job. (laughs) That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do, you know, pick up on these points.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't even mind like the show having a perspective. I just wish it was done well. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it was done particularly well in season four. So I'd I'd be I'd be uh more more ready to accept it if it, you know, was written well and had a good story to it.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you see them they, they know what the problem is and they know what the goal is. So they know like, you know, this is wrong and we need to get things back to a better place and we need to, you know, we see what some people are trying to do and we want to make sure they can't, you know, that the alien and amnesty act, you know, that being, just being an alien isn't outlawed and that people's rights aren't being taken away. And then they're kind of like, okay, well, who's the best person to do this? You know, is this a problem for Supergirl? Is this a problem for the DEO? Is this a problem that Brainiac can solve? Like, here's the problem. We just don't know how to get to the solution. And, you know, is the solution, like we were saying, is the solution to use the power of the press? Is that the best way to accomplish the goal we're trying to accomplish? And that's really interesting when they're trying to figure out what's, what's the best way to accomplish their goal. And sometimes it takes them a while because there's not a clear-cut answer. And sometimes it seems like they're approaching it from multiple pathways because they're not sure which one is going to actually work. And, yeah, I do agree on your point of, You know, in the before the internet and the rise of cable when most American households had three black and white T V channels, it makes more sense that Walter Cronkite would announce something on the news and
0: (laughs) That's the way it is. And then that's the way it 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 is. is.
5: And now you've got and now it's wonderful because we have so many more different voices, but that also means that at no point is 50 or 75% of the American public watching the same TV channel on the same night. So that, you know, yes, there are things that definitely go viral all the time, but the idea that it would be one single article, it did seem more realistic to me that you would need like a bunch of articles by a bunch of reporters mm-hmm. over a series of days, but then, yeah, that episode should be three hours long. So
4: in the show, they have to be like, this
5: one article went viral. the problem solved. And three weeks later... If it was that simple, we'd solve a lot of problems a lot faster yeah. <laughs> in real life. I'm kind of jealous that we actually can't do that.
2: Yeah, Jean-Paul, to your, to your point about too many stories and things... I think it almost got to a point where they were just throwing something out there to see what was gonna stick on the wall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I mean there were wonderful opportunities. I loved the the dreamer storyline. I loved, you know, the transgender. I think they maybe dropped them all just a little bit, is that it was everybody was so accepting. There was no other side of that story.
1: Well they had Maeve. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did, her and sister. and then they did that well. I thought yeah. because they actually let somebody else have that perspective. Right. Uh, but then she went away, and we never heard well, from her now again. There,
2: there is a story or a rumor out there that they are going to address that this season. But that'd be they're great. Going, they're going to bring the sister back, so mm-hmm. that will be interesting to watch. I mean, they have they have a lot of opportunity, and and like I said, I'm very proud of the show of the way it has grown. Since it premiered, it has it finally found its footing, and I think this maybe this season, I think uh, was perhaps the most solid in that this was not a season that was tainted by something. First season they were CBS. Second season they were on. They moved to the CW. Third season in the middle of the season you have the Christburg controversy. In the middle of the season they had to change direction on a lot of storyline. So this was the first full season. Under the same producer, going in the same direction, t- telling the same stories, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think it illustrated that when given the opportunity, they can do some things very right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and one reason sometimes not to have, at least from their point of view, is not to have that um, opposite point of view on something. It's almost like flashback to another 50-year-old thing, um, sorry, I didn't say at the beginning I turned 50 this year, so I'm feeling my age, I'm feeling old on some of this, especially when you talk about the target audience, being the teen girls. Um, <laughs> 50-year-olds love it too. Um, but I grew up on Sesame Street, Sesame Street debuted 50 years ago as well, and one of the things it did so well is you ne- they never talked about the fact that these young white kids, black kids, Latino kids, Asian kids, didn't matter who they were puppets and everything else all live together play together work together mm-hmm. learn together that's just the way life should be it was not about the differences it was about oh we're all trying to learn about the letter G today yeah. <laughs> right? keeping it simple yes part of that is because it's for two, three, four years old true but the more you can just talk about the way it should be instead of about how controversial it is sometimes so. that's the best way to go mm-hmm. um, but Excellent. So end on a positive note for just a minute, now we might have a few more minutes to talk. But I know Donna brought a few things for us here, so I'm going to turn yes. this over to Donna for a minute. Nice some nice surprises
2: me. Right. Um, when I found out I was going to be on this panel, I reached out to the production office of Supergirl. So they sent us some very nice swag as door prizes. So I've got three prizes, and we're going to have um, three trivia questions. And I'm going to ask my fellow panelists, since I have friends in the audience, I'm going to have ask my fellow panelists uh, to pick the winners. Just whoever answers, raises your hand, answers first. All right. The first prize I have is Blu-ray DVD box sets of all three of the first three seasons of Supergirl. So for this question, for this prize, the, the question is: How many actresses who have appeared on the show? have played the role of Supergirl, and name one besides Melissa. And it looked like she, she was first. There the you card. go. And also, I'm going to give you with this, how many of you are on Twitter? How many of you follow an account called Danvers Couch? Do you know about it? Yeah. Okay. Um, Danvers Couch, is if you don't follow it, is a fun, light uh, Twitter account, and it's from the perspectives of the Dandridge couch, it's always talking about my girls, this and and I miss, and I'm jealous of the da- Red Daughter couch and all this. So, Danvers couch sent us some stickers, so I'm going to give everybody one of that. Thank you. Okay, the second prize. Oh, oh wow! Is this poster? Oh, I, it gets better. <laughs> Okay. which we also added a t-shirt that says the same
1: thing and we should mention this art is done by Sarah Luver uh, you might know her as Comica, Comica Girl, Girl. Uh, she, she also draws things for DC Comics as well and also um, Danvers Couch
2: also donated an autograph card from the Supergirl collection of Owen Yeoman who played Vartox in the first season so, the question for this one is: What is Supergirl's motto?
1: So, oh, yeah. Did that have it there
3: first? One. Um, Oh,
5: gosh.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
5: It's. Uh... Yes. Darn it. I just have for her card. It's on hey. the poster. It's the first time
3: I was about to say and I lost it. I'm so mad. <laughs> hope, hope, I'm <laughs> so mad.
2: Are we going here? Yeah. Yeah
5: she, yeah, she got it. She got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it was a game show, that would have been a steal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. The third one I am really excited about. They sent an original Kevin Smith t shirt from Supergirl. From when he directed Supergirl. To which I added a complete set of the Entertainment Weekly. Superhero covers. There's, there's all five covers. All right. And the question for this one is: Kevin Smith has directed several, a couple of episodes for Supergirl. And I'm giving you an option. You can either name the episode, one of the episodes, or name something that happened in one of the episodes that Kevin Smith directed.
3: I
4: think oh, the guy yeah, right, yeah. Here, right here. Um, um, I remember
5: there was a truck. It was a, I believe it was a death scene, But what stu- stood out was that on the name of the truck was from like the movie Frozen. Um.
3: Oh my God! I
4: don't.
3: I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, they, I don't remember the episode.
5: <laughs> Lord have mercy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just um. um Gosh,
5: what is the song? Oh, you let it go? Yes. It was like, uh... A, um, what
2: episode was this? Do
5: oh you remember? It? it was in season two. Episode... Okay, just name something else that happened <laughs> in the episode. You don't have to name the title. How
2: about it. Yeah, that? yeah. Just name something that ha- Something else that, in that episode. Now I'm trying to think.
5: That's not... I'm not even going to lie. That was amazing. Okay. All right. That was hilarious because that song R. <laughs> R.
6: finds out that Monel was lying about his status among his people, that he was actually the... Oh, yeah, no. Oh. Wasn't that one of his episodes? They, like, no. This, do you know like, the title? I do it was, to, like,
2: that it was right? from, like Mars? No. Oh, um, what? Oh. wait, he put himself in it. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he may be talking himself. about Slaver's Moon. Uh-huh. What, what episode are you talking about?
6: It was in season two. It was, and I remember Kevin Smith directed it. I could be wrong, I'm, I'm not looking on Wikipedia because I didn't want to cheat. Uh, We can fact check it, but I remember there's like a rescue mission. They go through like a portal to get our Mars
1: and stuff.
2: I think he's thinking of. I think, think, yeah, okay. Okay. The the name of the episode is Supergirl Lives. They go through the portal, and the girl they go through the portal to rescue is Kevin Smith's daughter.
1: Yeah. Um, I I think you got it. I'm going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you. (laughs) And. So oh, I you what if everybody
2: who won a prize would stay for a moment? Because I promised the production office I would take pictures and send them to them. And if anybody else wants stickers, um, if anybody wants wants uh, Deborah's couch stickers, I'm going to put them right up here. I do
1: have a question for anyone in the panel and anyone
5: in the audience? Has anyone actually tried Brady's Pizza? No. <laughs> the, the apple and olive pizza? Have
6: you? Uh, have have you? you?
5: I have not. I'm allergic to olives. I want to know what it tastes like.
6: Apple is not an option on the Pizza Hut
5: app. <laughs> it should be. Make the whole. So did we talk about how to donate to the charity? Do oh, you course. want me to do that? Okay, so uh, so we've got a charity bucket here and also you can text to uh, AHA2019 to donate to the American Heart Association, the Georgia chapter. Um, you can text to AHA2019, text 44321 to donate to the charity. And Dragon Con is doing matching this year. So up to $100,000, they will match. So if collectively we raise as Dragon Con attendees $100,000, they will match $100,000. So the charity will end up, with $200,000, and at the beginning I mentioned that I've marched with the Cult of Marriott carpet. If anyone's interested in learning how to get fabric or costumes with the carpet on it, I have a little card with the web page I can give you. it can just come up afterwards. It's, it's, it's free. It's just a place you can download the files for free.
0: That's the American Heart Association, right?
5: But yeah, the charity for Dragon Con this year is the Georgia chapter, or I believe the Atlanta chapter of the American Heart Association is the
0: charity. So, so reach inside, channel your inner, inner S Shield, or even better, channel Bruce Wayne and give. a
6: whole farm. And just to mention as well, um, as a, also as part of our tracks drive to help out the charity, we are having our heroes, villains, uh, heroes and villains versus humanity um, contest, which is uh, helping. Battle against humanity
0: with heroes and villains. Thank you. Yes,
6: uh, where we uh, we'll, both teams will be competing to raise money for the charity. So uh, it, is a, it is a mature, if I can use that term, very loosely, loosely, um, event. But it has happened here at ten o'clock tonight. A right. lot of fun. And also,
0: Hopefully don't we'll raise some money. Yeah, and don't forget to go into the app if you enjoyed the panel. And- Rate it highly. If you didn't enjoy the panel, still rate it highly.
5: But
0: <laughs> tell us about it, and we'll try to improve.
5: Okay. And, and the lady sitting all the way over there, in the right. yeah. Can you come up and see me when you're done? Because we have some swag up here that you can take your pick from. Yeah, you.
3: No. Yeah.
5: Awesome. Yeah. You were trying really hard at trivia went, and I've been a long bar play. where stuff just falls out my brain and you deserve something. <laughs> and I still oh, want well, to tried that at all. That truck that she was talking about is
0: not Kevin Smith. The truck episode is a Kevin Smith episode, oh, from okay. from The Flash. The Flash. Um, yes, he's also done. The wrong show. I put
3: those up. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> <awesome>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have a set go.
0: All right, well, thank you all very much for attending and um, have a great rest of your life.